0: boom and we're live all right welcome back to the post-holiday edition of the talking average fitness podcast as always my name is sam burns and i'm here with my um very tall but not local compatriot mr kevin mccarthy kevin how are you sir i'm doing fantastic sam how are you today i'm doing awesome thank you so much how was your holiday it was
1: good uh Traveled down to Savannah, Georgia uh, to see my aunt, my uncle, and my grandmother live down there and do Thanksgiving with them. Um, cool. So if you've ever been to Savannah, it's a cool town. Um, so, yeah, I mean, was traveling and all the fun stuff that goes along with that, you know, airports and mm-hmm. people. And I've, I've come to the conclusion, not the conclusion, but it's just every time I go on an airplane, just reinforces this, that people lose all sense of morality as soon as they're like, and now boarding for flight 267 to, like, it's people lose their mind. Even if they're not yeah. priority, they're not in group A, they're yep. like in group D. They got to be at the yep. front of the line. I'm like, my guy, the plane's not leaving without you. We're yep. all going to the same place. Yep. Although I'll come up with something. I think this might be the next breakthrough, may, may, may make us multimillionaires, right? So here's Love how you hear. board an airline. Okay. Because you, you purchase your airline ticket, right? Yes. You get assigned your seat number or you pick your seat number, whatever it is, you have a seat number. Right. But then they're like, depending on when you check into your flight, gives you like group A, B, C, D, E to however long. Here's what you do. Based on the seat number, you board the plane from the back to the front so that you don't have it all holding up in the huge tunnel Mm -hmm. thing. It's like whoever has seats in the farthest back of the plane board first, they go all the way to the back, they can store their bags and sit down. And then it just, Mm -hmm layers in that way so that you don't have the, well, there's someone in the middle of the plane who's trying to find a spot for their bag. That's not where their seat is because those spots are filled. It's like, it's a whole thing, you know, and you let take 72 hours to board a plane because everyone's going in different spots and having to move different places to load their Mm -hmm. bags and find their seat. Just whoever's in the back of the plane, just start in the back and we'll board the plane that way. That would
0: be a much more seamless process. Um, you know I, know I i so common sense dictates that yes that should be the answer <laughs> <clears throat> um now i know i have read previously that airlines supposedly have tried this and it mm, does not okay. work and th- so the claim it's not that it doesn't work the claim is that there is not a measurable improvement in boarding time mm. um and i don't know that i believe that um I don't. I can't for the life of me figure out why they have the system they have. I've tried like understanding like what is group A, B, or C because it doesn't seem to always be like like where people are located. Um, My wife and I will travel together, and I'll be in group B, and she'll be in group D. We have seats next to each other. Exactly. It's literally when
1: you check into your flight. But the thing that's wild is that it's like group a is like five people and then group b is like seven to 13 people and then group d is always like 72 70. people like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's yes. the most I'm like what, what was the point um mm. although i will say that kind of boarding system like you know is is way better than whatever the fuck southwest airlines does where it's like <sighs> just a, it's just
0: a free-for-all sit where that you want bags
1: where you want you you just line up by the hmm. metal sticks, and all hell breaks loose.
0: That is uh, a <laughs> line up by the metal sticks. That is probably the best example, real world example I have of why um, anarchy as a general system <laughs> will not work. <laughs> um, quick aside, I it's a like microcosmos of- like that. It's just, yeah, right. Like if you if yeah. you needed a controlled experiment for why it's a bad idea, there you go. Um, very very uh, low cost way to test that theory. Yeah. Um, okay. So here we are. It's post holiday. I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday. If you're in if you're in America, because I know we have some people who are outside of the states. Um, if you're in America, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. If you were elsewhere, I hope you had a wonderful Thursday, Friday, Saturday, <laughs> for you know great whatever week. week. Yeah. Yeah, great end of the week. Um, and we were we were talking about you know, what we wanted to, what we wanted to talk about, um, before this and right off the bat, I said, I said, do you have a topic you're immediately? Yes. Yep. Got it. And cherry picking workouts and
1: movements. I I will give full credit to a friend of mine. Mati was like, you guys should talk about this on the podcast. Cause like, I know Mm. Mati, one of my friends, he coaches at CrossFit city line in Watertown. Um, and he has some strong feelings about it. He's like, you should talk about this. Cause he knows that we also have the strong feelings. Um, and so, I was like, so, many oh, it's, it's so many feelings. So, with that, I would like to provide you, Sam, with the soapiest of boxes that you can stand on, and tell the people how you feel about cherry picking workouts. First, maybe well, we define define what that is. What for someone that's like, we don't even cherry pick a workout. Um, oh, okay. What does that so mean? A ch-
0: go ahead. That's a that's a great place to start. So, um. Without making any assumptions as to, you know, context or anything like that, right? Mm -hmm. Cherry picking is the process of, you know, keeping it just to workouts. Cherry picking is the process of looking at the workouts that are presented to you in a week. So like, say, your box, they provide you with a week's worth of programming at a time. So it's Monday, but I can see all the way to Sunday. Um, And you say... Ooh, Thursday looks like Thursday is X workout, whatever it is. That doesn't look like fun. I'm going to skip that. Or Thursday's workout looks hard or Thursday's workout looks boring or whatever you want to say. Oh, yeah. We can get into all the minutia of that
1: um, as we're going through. But essentially, cherry picking is skipping a workout, Mm. like pre-meditatively skipping a workout
0: for some reason or another. Yeah. Absolutely. And maybe, maybe you skip a whole workout because of one movement. Yeah. Um, and so like there are instances where people will cherry pick movements uh, mm-hmm. as well as whole workouts. Yep. Um, so yeah, we'll talk when we talk that. about, we'll talk, we about talk about, about cherry picking. That's what we're talking about. Yep. Um, I mean, my, so I have a very black and white view. <laughs> yeah. Remember <laughs> you're, you're on, to... you are on the soapiest of boxes. Yeah. Let her rip. I mean, if I was going to say anything, I'd say, don't do it. You know, short version is don't do it. Um, longer version is you are shortchanging yourself, both as a person who is pursuing fitness, defined as increased work capacity across broad brought down modal domains, but also you're shortchanging yourself as a human. Like as a human to uh to whom depth is given and added vis-a-vis varied experiences. Um, and also because, like, you should do things you're bad at. You should try things. You should try to be learning and growing. And, you know, this, this kind, of, um, the kind of natural friction that exists in our day-to-day lives, like, you need that. This is my opinion, and I mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who share this opinion. You need that. And if you're not chasing that, at, at the at the base of it, my question is, what the hell are you doing? Like, and there's a lot of ways to answer that. People do different things for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a coach, as a person who practices CrossFit and who believes in the tenets of CrossFit, believes in the methodology. If you tell me, oh, I'm not going to do that workout. And it's not like a I'm not going to be around because like I'm out of town or I have other plans. If if based solely upon the content of a workout, you're like, nah, I'm all set. Um, how do I want to phrase this? Bluntly, aggressively, <laughs> Aggressively. I mean, <laughs> what what I'll say is like, as an independent human, you're allowed to have the reasons why you do things. Like your reasons are your reasons, but as your coach and as the 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 practitioner and the service provider, um, I will tolerate your reasons. I probably won't respect them, um, um, and I certainly won't share them. Yep. You know, and I'll tolerate them because one, you pay to be there. Like you pay to go to CrossFit, you pay to do that thing. You get to decide, right? But as the service provider, as the subject matter expert, as the professional who's trying to take you from wherever you are to wherever you're trying to get to, I'm going to tell you that like doing different things and especially things you're bad at is the way to get there. And I can prove that anecdotally and I can prove that mathematically. And if you want to play the game of, nah, I'm just not interested. Okay, cool. But I don't have to jump on that bandwagon. I certainly don't have to support that decision. I'll let you do it. And I'll let you do it without, without conflict and without um, opposition, but I don't have to hold up that decision as a valid decision.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. I'm right there with you. Uh, You know, if, if, and I mean, if, you know, there are a lot of reasons why people may skip a workout. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a movement or set of movements that I don't like. Mm-hmm. It's in a, it's a time domain that I don't like. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, whatever it might be, a workout structure, a loading, could a, a rep scheme could, yep, could yeah. be a volume issue. You know what? There's tons of reasons people could skip a workout or, mm-hmm. you know, skip a movement um, and it's all for for me, most of it. And this is barring because there are some people who are like, you know, let's say though, the workout has, oh, I just I'm just gonna say it because this is one that gets people a lot is like snatches or overhead squats. I tend to yeah. see that a ton. Would yeah, in some iteration of those, snatch or overhead squat. Um, mm-hmm. workout has that. Mm-hmm and the athlete has some sort of injury Mm -hmm. that prevents that movement. Sure. Like, I still think that like, you you don't need to skip that workout, come in, we'll find something that you can do Mm -hmm. that as best we can preserves the stimulus of that movement and of the Mm -hmm. workout Mm -hmm. that will still move the needle for you. There are some people that, you know, don't need to ever snatch to mm-hmm. still be very fit, happy, healthy, competent human beings. Again, mm-hmm. as long as there, it's like, there's an injury, you have something structural going on, your arms can't go over your head, what, whatever it may be. A little more valid than like, I just don't like it. Sure. But I think there's also something, you know, and i generally when it comes to gymnastics, I was having a, a conversation with one of my members the other week, mm-hmm. we had a muscle up workout. Uh, that's a great example, uh, a phenomenal example. Right. Um, and we could go down a rabbit hole with that, which we might, but, um, (laughs) was talking to one of my members who, uh, the workout was, if I'm not mistaken, it was a 20 minute AMRAP of four ring muscle ups, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: six burpees, and eight kettlebell sw- or the kettlebell swings and burpees may have been switched, um, but it was like four, six, oh, and eight. Nate? No, it was because it was it was like a variation of that. So it was like okay. four muscle ups. I think it was four muscle ups. It might have been six kettlebell swings with the uh, oh. seventy-pound kettlebell and eight burpees. Yep. And it was a twenty-minute AMRAP. So like, okay. similar, like low variation of Nate. Um, Nate-ish. Nate-ish. Um, and so you know, we're going through during class, we're going through all the different like muscle up stuff. And that, that's the big kind of, you know, hairy beast in that workout is the muscle up kettlebell Absolutely. swing. You can always just adjust the loading or adjust the range of motion squared away mm-hmm. there. A burpee mm-hmm. is a burpee. If you don't like it, suck it up. Um, but, but, but also there are a bunch
0: of ready, ready, the, made you know, substitutions as well, but also do burpees.
1: Yeah. But, but also suck it up. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, we're like going to, and, and she got a little bit upset. She's like, Kevin, why do we do muscle up stuff? It's mm. fucking stupid. She's like, nobody can do muscle ups. Muscle ups are dumb. If no one's ever mm-hmm. going to do a muscle up, then why are we doing muscle ups? And I was like, you mm-hmm. know, that's a great question. Honestly, it's a it is super like, it, great it's, question. It's a great question. If you're at a gym, regardless of, and we're going to put like, hey, you have you know, gym with a competitor program or whatever mm-hmm. aside. If you're at your normal affiliate, yeah, you maybe unless you're a super special affiliate, you maybe or like you're just in an area that people are super athletic have a handful of people that mm-hmm. can do, that can do ring muscle-ups. Mm-hmm. So if the majority of your members cannot do ring muscle-ups, why do you do ring muscle-ups? What's mm-hmm. the point? What's the purpose? Yep. Why? Yep. And I think, you know, the explanation I kind of gave to her was like, well, here's the thing when it comes to gymnastics movements and I kind of put, you have, you know, muscle-ups, Handstand mm-hmm. push ups, pistols, kind of in the same bucket as mm-hmm. like these are very high skill movements. They mm-hmm. require a lot of coordination, agility. You know, they require the most of the 10 general physical skills mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to execute them properly. Yeah. But I kind of put them in the bucket. I'm like, these movements, in a sense, could kind of be termed as like party tricks. Yep. Is doing a pistol going to make you exponentially fitter than doing an air squat or a lunge. Probably not like in the terms of, and I'm saying just from like a capacity standpoint, probably not. However, in your pursuit of trying to learn and improve on these skills, Mm -hmm. the benefits of the adaptation that you're going to kind of get from that Mm -hmm. are incredible. Like the amount of like the new motor patterns that you're going to build, the strengthening of current motor patterns, Mm -hmm. the improving of coordination, the improving of flexibility, the improving of, you know, strength, be it like isometric, maybe you're like working on, you know, holding like a static ring dip or something like that, or Mm -hmm. dynamic, the development of those things Mm -hmm. are so incredibly important and valuable towards your journey and you as an athlete and you as a person, even so like even if you're never going to do Nate, let's say as prescribed, meaning like with unassisted kipping ring muscle ups, even Mm -hmm. if you're never ever going to do that, that's absolutely fine. And there are some people that they're like, let's be honest, they're afraid to get up on the rings because they're high up there when you turn over, like they're Mm -hmm. afraid they're going to do something to their shoulder, whatever it might be. There's some sort of kind of mental block there. Mm -hmm. Even if that's the case, and you, and you never ever want to get on the rings to muscle up. You're like, nope, I have no desire to be up on those high rings. It's not for me. I don't like it. Yep. Cool. We'll come up with something or we'll have, as Sam was saying, there's a laundry list of modifications that we can substitute in for muscle up to get a similar stimulus in the workout going yes. like pull to press yep. um, or a combination of those um, that you can, you can have all these modifications for the workout but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't ever work on them as like skill work and practice. Mm-hmm. So I was like, there are movements. I was like, if you just wanna be a fit, happy, healthy human being, you never need to do a handstand push-up. Yeah. Like in like in a workout, right? You never sure. need to do Nate where you're like cranking through handstand push-ups like crazy. You never need to do that. We'll do a dumbbell push press. All yep. good to go. Maybe maybe do a pike push-up. Maybe do just a regular push-up. We're gonna yep. do a pushing in some way, shape, or form to get a similar mm-hmm. stimulus. But if you're like, I never, ever want to get upside down, that's cool. You never, ever have to get upside down. However, the things that we can practice in a progression towards that are mm-hmm. going to be so valuable for you. It's like, just think about this. If you can hold a handstand mm-hmm. and continue to hold a handstand as you age, even if that's wall supported, I can get yeah. inverted and support my body weight on my hands yeah. as you age. If mm-hmm. you're 50, 60, 70, 80 years old and you can... Hold a handstand, yeah. My God, what can't you do? Right. You know, it's like like you're never gonna be that person that I've fallen and I can't get up because like you can support mm-hmm. your entire body weight inverted. You yeah. know, and yeah. it's like so that the carryover for that, even though you you're like, well, I'm never gonna fall and can't get up upside down. It's like, well, that's true. But if you can do that, mm-hmm. then this scenario over here won't ever be a factor for you, mm-hmm. and the carryover of those things really is incredibly powerful. Even if you never do a handstand up, you never do a muscle up or anything like that in a workout.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So when people are like, well, I'm never going to do a muscle up. So I just skip muscle up days or things like that. Sure. It frustrates me. I'm like, there's so much value in these days that you're not going to get because you won't let yourself
0: yeah. type thing. So yeah.
1: I, I feel like that's that's kind of my frustration. Is it's it's our job as coaches and as professionals to take care of those things for our members and our athletes. Um, that when they skip those workouts, I'm like, well, that sucks.
0: Yeah. Well, and I. And so like, like so many things flowing through my brain as I'm listening to you talk about this, you know, and for anyone who's who's listening or watching this, if you end up hearing Bluey or cars in the background, that's because <laughs> I'm here with my boy and he's currently oscillating back and forth between how interested he is in either one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so, you know, one, one iteration, you know, big bucket of this it, uh, iteration of this discussion kind of revolves around gymnastics or skill work the way you're describing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, even your example of the snatch or the overhead squat, right. It's not the fact that it's not the snatch portion I see, because I know plenty of people who power snatch the hell out of a workout, but the oh, moment yeah. you ask them to get through a parallel
1: or yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Like <laughs> how dare you? Yeah. Yep. Can't and do it. that's a skill issue. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. flexibility and a mobility issue, but yep. really it boils down to do you have the skill to put your body in a position and control its transit from top support to bottom support and back top support? Mm-hmm. That's really, type. that's really kind of what we're, what we're talking about there. Yeah. I see the same thing with muscle ups. I see the same thing with handstand, anything, anything <laughs> inverted. He's very mm-hmm. excited. Mama just came downstairs. Um, and it's, that's a great question. I, I love the answer that you gave. I got the same question talking about handstand walks. Why yep. Why do I want to learn how to handstand walk? Right? Well, you don't have to learn how to handstand walk. Right. But the adaptation, the fitness that you will garner in the pursuit of that skill, you mm-hmm. cannot get from just playing with dumbbells. You cannot get nope. from just playing with a barbell. Bell, barbell no,
1: it's it's different. It's I mean and that's a great substitution for a workout, right? You do you like a double dumbbell overhead carry? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Horrible. Brody. Like seamless in the workout. However, the skill transfer of that yeah. Yeah. it's it's not the same. It's yeah. I it's... I 100% agree with you.
0: Well, and and, and you know, and, and we're talking about this from the perspective of, you know, it's my job as the trainer to communicate the value here to the athletes. That's true. It is 100% mm-hmm our job as the trainers and I'm going to put the onus on every other trainer that I know and say the same thing. Yes. It's your job as well. And, Mm -hmm. and I'll, and I'll acknowledge the fact that like, I have very high standards for this Mm -hmm. particular subject and for coaching in general, I hold myself to a very high standard and fair or not. I hold other trainers to the same standard. Um, Mm -hmm. And I acknowledge that there's a discrepancy there. So I'll own that. But at the same time, all trainers should have the capacity to explain to a room full of people why we do what we do and why it's important to chase skill work, right? And you mentioned the 10 general physical skills. So, real quick, um, kind of like level one review, but good knowledge for level threes to, to revisit yep. every once in a while. I don't know that I'm. I don't know that I can rattle it off, but I'm pretty sure that I can get the great majority of stuff. So,
1: cardiovascular, oh, yeah.
0: respiratory, endurance, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Flexibility, strength, mm-hmm. stamina, mm-hmm. power, and speed. Yep. Coordination, accuracy, agility, and balance. Yep. Nailed it. Cool. So Boom. as you as you write those ten things down, you can write them kind of left to right. Right. The first four of them are Purely physiological adaptations. Just think of it like hardware, right? Mm-hmm. Um, flexibility is a hardware adaptation. It's a change in your muscle tissue or your tend- musculotendinous tissue, right? Um, strength is a um, is a tissue adaptation. Mm-hmm. The back four coordination, accuracy, agility, balance; those are neurological adaptations. I mean, sure, there's mm-hmm. a little bit where your muscles have to. So if you're going to balance yourself on one yeah. foot. You know, yeah. your foot's got to figure out how to press into the floor and all that stuff. But really, it's you got to practice it to get good, right? Yep. And mm-hmm. then those middle two, of course, power and speed, these are they're buckets that are filled by both, right? So yep. a little bit of neurological, a little bit of uh, physiological. And so much of the skill adaptation that we see taking place in the cherry picking that we see happening revolves around the back half. The coordination stuff, the agility stuff, the balance stuff. And with good reason, <clears throat> and not good reason that it's cherry picking, but good reason that it's hard, because gymnastics is rude. Mm-hmm. Gymnastics is just plain rude. Gymnastics o- gives. Offensive. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> you know, I, I, I once heard a, um, a colleague and a, and a coach of mine say, gymnastics gives no fucks what your plans are for the day. You nope. know, and, and sometimes you walk into a, into a class and you're like, I'm going to smash this workout. And sometimes it's the load, but also sometimes it's the gymnastics. It says, nah, bro, not today. You just don't and have that just, level of fitness. Yeah, it's just going to beat you up and take your lunch money. It is <laughs> going to beat you up and take your lunch money. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. And so I'm going to – here we go. Yeah, go yeah. I'm going to go someplace else. so that I'm not oh. – Hi. Yes, Bluey. Um, He's very excited about Bluey.
1: Very excited.
0: Uh, Why wouldn't you be? I know. Um, I would be. So all of this is to say that like we understand, like we as coaches, we see a common set of issues that are, you know, we're trying to address holes in fitness and things like that. And Mm -hmm. we're also seeing that, you know, sometimes in addressing those holes in fitness, you know, we're addressing holes in gymnastics. We're addressing holes in, you know, a bunch of other things. Mm -hmm. Um, And we get why you might might not want to pick it, but also in a very controlled, deliberate way, fucking get upside down. Like, yeah. I don't ever want you to hurt yourself and I'm never going to push somebody right too far, too fast. Right. I'm not, the, I am not the coach who says, um, cool. We did a couple push pushups now kick up to the wall. It's not the game I play. Right. Because the moment, <laughs> the moment someone <laughs> kicks up and realizes they're not prepared to support their body weight and falls, they will never trust me ever again. Right. You know, and you can't undo that, Nope, you no, know? He never can fix that. No, you can't, you but, can't take that back. So, but do I want you to, when you're ready in fits and starts and one step at a time, do I want you to get upside down? Yes. I want you to try, you know, a hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. yeah. I, you know, and I, I think
1: that's, that's part of, if you're uh you know, part of your job as a trainer, if you're a good trainer, trying to like slowly like help with those baby steps mm-hmm. for some members. Cause I give like, we keep mm-hmm. it the, the theme of, you know, being upside down and mm-hmm. in whatever capacity that that is, someone's like, Hey, I don't ever want to get upside down. It's not my thing. I don't want to do yeah. it. Can't make me. Yep. I'm yep. like, well, you're right. I can't make you, as you had said before, you're an adult. You yep. pay to be here. This like you, you get to choose what kind of experience you have here. Yeah. <laughs> However, it's my job to, make you better and try Mm -hmm. and move the needle for you so okay even if we're not going to get upside down today why don't we try this or let's try this well i'm not into that okay so if you're not into that let's try this there are some people who you know they just have it in their heads i'm never doing this movement can't Mm -hmm. make me just not doing it
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and it's like okay it, you know, there might be a conversation, maybe like outside of class. It's like, why, why don't mm-hmm. you want to do this? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, if, if I can get that person to take little baby steps, okay, mm-hmm. we're not getting upside down. Let's hold a high plank today. And your goal today is just to press through the floor, nice active shoulders and, sure. and squeeze your belly, try and create as, as perfect, a high plank position as you can. And, yes. and that's your, your deal for today. That's what we're going to work on. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Well, now all you're going to do is you're going to keep that same high plank position. You're just going to scoot your feet a little bit close to your hands. So your butt comes up. Yep. So you're still cool. not like fully inverted, but you're more into like a pike position, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, if we can do that, what if we put your knees on top of a box? So now sure. you can get your torso. You're pretty much inverted, but you're still supported by your legs. Now, mm-hmm. what if your feet are on top of the box? Just one foot on top of the box. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if we're there, what if we start to wall walk our way up the wall? You only come up as mm-hmm. far as you can your you're on the wall. So like, even if that turns into like a decline push-up looking type thing, mm-hmm. cool. We're closer there now, like, you know, you can work them there. And then once they kind of learn, it's usually from a whole, a wall walks, like the kicking up to a wall, the flinging themselves up tends to be the kind of like yeah. mental block. Yeah. It's okay. Even if we're never there if you can wall walk your way up and kind of hold yourself in like a nose and toes handstand hold, mm-hmm. like we we've gone from, I'll never get upside down to at least I'm doing some iteration of it. Even if we're never kicking upside down or we're never kicking up into free space and walking on our hands. Yep. Absolutely good to go. That's yeah. cool. And, yeah. but the, the, the adaptation that come from kind of like progressing it along and that comes from just every once you know, every time we're doing something upside down, let's, let's try this a little bit more. Let's try mm-hmm. this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's not perceptible to You Like they're, they're getting into a position and like a pipe position in the box and I'm like, Oh, walk your hands a little bit closer. They're like, Oh, I thought it was pretty vertical. I'm like, Oh, you were almost there. Just like one little half step closer. Yeah. And it's like, like, they can't see where they are. They can't see that now their torso is inverted because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't feel that way. When, if you've ever been in a pike position, it doesn't feel like you're inverted, but then like, yeah. when you look at it, you're actually like torsos inclined back towards the box. Mm-hmm. Um, and it tells you that like, pipe position on the box tells you exactly how tight your hamstrings are. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, uh, anyways, you like, you get them and you're like, oh, well, that position you were just in, like your torso was vertical. Like you were perfectly inverted. And like, oh, really? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't so bad. Was it? And they're like, oh no, it's actually pretty okay. I'm like, cool. Then we'll stick there. Like, you yes. you know, keep them feeling good about it. you can start to move that needle for them and keep progressing it along. Um,
0: there's, there's so much to unpack in what you just said. And for any trainers who are listening, Kevin just gave a really fantastic series of examples from how to take an individual from body essentially parallel to the ground to full inversion in baby steps, right? The, um, the babyest of steps, yep. This... But, but all of that started with, like, before you ever got there, you said, have a conversation outside of class with that individual and ask why. Like, there's a reason people Mm -hmm. don't do stuff. And, you know, there's a reason that humans don't do things. um, And a lot of times it's fear or it's trauma. There's, I mean, there's something, you know, not not trauma in in the big awful things kind of way that we often hear about when we use the word trauma, but, you know, like emotional or psychological baggage associated with something, you know? Yep. I was upside down once and I fell and now I never want to be upside down again type thing, you know? Right. Or like I almost fell and that can be scary enough,
1: you know? Yeah. The moment where you're like – your life flashed before your eyes when you're like walking down the
0: stairs and you miss a step and you – Yeah. Yes, exactly that. So (laughs) like all of – first of all, that's real. That's 100% real. Yeah, 100% is. And and whether or not that person was ever actually in danger, they – you know, how you perceive the world is your reality. Nobody can disassociate how, their own perceptions from how they perceive the world, which, yay, Emmanuel Kahn. Um, Like, that is real. And it's real because it's real to that person. And so, first of all, taking the time outside of a class when you can to have that discussion with that athlete and to strengthen that bridge of trust is so incredibly important. And, and trainers, please do that with as many of your athletes as you can. They will recognize immediately that you are in a different class in terms of the service you're providing and it's incredibly valuable. Second, understanding having a deep toolbox of substitutions um, or scaling options or modifications to take an athlete from one position into another position over time. Like that is the journey of an Mm -hmm. athlete from the moment they walk in to, you know, hopefully a different or better position, more physically capable position uh, after some period of time. Um, And then, you know, this highlights for me the transformative power of something like gymnastics where like, I, 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 very often say, you know, I can walk into any CrossFit gym in America and I can see, I can find a handful of men and women over the age of 30 who are fully capable of kicking up on their hands and just walking or can't ups Right. Mm-hmm. I can't walk into most high schools in America and say the same thing. Right. And so yep. that these people in their thirties or forties or fifties have learned that skill. They were not gymnasts when they were adolescents, they mm-hmm. got fit in their thirties and figured it out. Like that's huge. That's like, that's not something to be, Um, hastily cast aside that Mm -hmm. people come in and you know this practice this day-by-day iterative process of very little challenges building upon very little challenges like you're adding wrinkles to your brain man like you're increasing your capacity not just physiologically like that's an incredible thing people get their lives back because they Mm -hmm. learn how to do a push-up or they learn how to do a pull-up you know, and that is a deep well that you can journey into. And it's limited only by your willingness to work hard um, and also like practice. Like nobody, you know, there's, uh, I love the outline that you laid out, but also like in my brain, like there, that's a severely condensed timeline. Like it might mm-hmm. take a person two years to- yep go from, I will not put, I will not go any more inverted than a plank to shit. I'm doing a wall walk. Yeah. That
1: hundred, percent. Like I'd, you know, walked through it very quickly as if it was like a progression in class, but you know, that, 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 (laughs) um, like that, that, that person that's a, that is, has that fear of being upside down Mm -hmm. is, is not going from a high plank to inverted on the wall in one class. It's not happening that that could be, could be, weeks months years depending on like th- their willingness to adapt to it and give mm-hmm. it a try but there are mm-hmm. sometimes you're like hey let's try putting your foot up a little bit higher and they're like nope ain't having a day you're like all right cool then we'll just stay there but you know Absolutely. like you don't need to you don't need to push that anymore because the more yeah. you push that aggressively you kind of have to read the room but it's like the more you kind of push that aggressively the more they're going to c- kind of shut off to it um yeah. it's like letting them know like hey it's it's, it's okay and 100 percent fine to to be where we are and mm-hmm. just keep practicing that you know whatever level that is keep mm-hmm. practicing that um but then like when it is time and when they are ready like let's just move it that little bit mm-hmm. um and and little bit could could mean very different things for very different athletes depending on where they are in the Absolutely. whole thing that there's yeah. a whole spectrum and so much nuance to this but i think it comes back to like everyone has their why they don't Mm -hmm. do something or don't like to do something. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And if we as trainers can, can guide them in the way that practicing this thing, working on this thing, getting better at it will benefit you. Not, it might Mm -hmm. benefit you. It will benefit you. Absolutely. will. a hundred percent will a hundred percent of the time, every time it will benefit you. Um, Then, then we can hopefully start to guide them kind of towards that. And, you know, that if we were able to do that hundred percent properly the entire time, mm-hmm. then you wouldn't see cherry picking yeah. because in an ideal, like all your members are educated about it. You've you've mm-hmm. worked with each other starting to move the needle, but um, I don't know if we'll ever see a world without cherry picking. Cause even if, you know, people don't cherry pick workouts, they're mm-hmm. going to, Nope, I'm not doing this movement ever. Yeah. Like, okay. At, at the end of the day, like it, I mean, there are some members that, across my time of coaching, not just Mm -hmm. currently, but past, present, future. I'm never doing this. Yeah. And you can, you know, like you have the conversation with there's still, I don't nope, I'm never doing this. Okay. Uh, You know, it's, and, and it, it really does come back to it's, it's, you know, you're paying for your experience and you pay your membership here. So if if you really, truly a hundred percent, never ever want to do whatever this thing is, I can't make you do it you know, I can give my suggestions. I can give my thoughts and reasons. I can try and reason with you, but at the end of the day, I I can't force you to do it. Mm -hmm. So that's just a thing. But then I kind of come back to like, for most things, most movements, you know, again, Mm -hmm. barring an injury or some sort of anatomical, like physically can't do it. Yeah. It's generally a movement. They, they don't like Mm -hmm. generally, they don't like it because they're not good at it. Mm The reason they're not good at it is because they don't do it, but they don't do it because they don't like it. They don't like yeah. it because they're not good at it. They're not good because they don't do it. So it's just a yeah. self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Vicious cycle. Yep. Super vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's just the thing. If you, if you don't like a movement, it's probably because you're not great at it. You know, you're either like you take class with overhead squats. And if there's overhead squats in it, like you always finish last and you hate that. And it pisses you off. So then you're like, well, I'm just never going to do any of the overhead squat workouts ever again, because I hate Mm -hmm. that feeling. It's like, well, you'd be better at overhead squatting if you worked at it and kept practicing it. As Sam has said, like, it's a skill, even though it is a barbell movement, Mm -hmm. the positions, the mobility, the timing of it Mm -hmm. is a skill. Yeah. The balance, the coordination, the agility you need for a overhead squat is a neurological development. So Mm -hmm. it is a skill that you need to develop to be able to do that well. Um, So it's like, if if you worked on that and you made it better, you would be better at that movement. You would enjoy those workouts and you'd, you'd be fine. It wouldn't be a problem. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's, but that kind of stuff's hard. It's so hard. And it's it's, so hard. We've talked about it, right? Spend 10 minutes in the bottom of a PVC overhead squat, make
0: that shit perfect. Well, and that's a really it's good so segue. Fun. That's a really good segue to the other camp that I see when it comes to um, cherry picking, either movements or workouts, is the unsexy, difficult stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I'm going to throw a couple examples <clears throat> out here into the ether, and anyone who's listening, see if you can identify with any of these. Um, uh, open workout 12.1, which was AMRAP 7, oh. nothing but burpees. 5k run, (laughs) multiple 800 meter intervals running, 2k row day, 20 or 10k row day or 5k row day. Like um, essentially any single modality, um, long endurance piece or short sprint piece, anything that's not a fucking five movement chipper with. A barbell, a kettlebell, and, a, know, box pull a, and a, a box, of, a pull-up bar, a box, yeah, exactly. Like, <clears throat> like the unsexy stuff. Um, yep. I've lost count of the number of times 5k run gets programmed, and all of a sudden your class attendance goes from 15 people every class to three. Yep, and that is absolutely yep. an example. We had a we had a Um, I can remember specifically an instance where, um, what was programmed was, uh, multiple 800 meter intervals and then multiple 400 meter intervals and multiple 200 meter intervals. It was pure running workout. So good. Yeah. Like, and, and I had, you know, horrible attendance, people just bailed out people who are diehards, they show up. Mm-hmm. like eight times a week it's a problem they bail out of that mm-hmm. workout and the weather happened to be bad right so it was like raining yep. and they were like well i don't want to i don't want to run in the rain and, and my thought was why do you think i would make you run in the rain you know like i'd, I'd swap it out we'd make it a rowing workout we would make it a biking workout but the point mm-hmm. is you 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 hop on a machine or you get outside if it's nice weather and you focus on some, some respiratory endurance, you know, which is mm-hmm. to build endurance. It's typically got to be a longer duration type deal. Um, yeah. And so you're so much nicer than me.
1: <laughs> People like running workout when it's raining. They're like, I don't want to run when it's raining outside. You're going to fucking melt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but look, I get it. Like, also, like, depending on how the, the run no, is, yeah. it could be a safety consideration. There's a lot of things, right? No, also, I, like, I generally,
1: the- yeah, I generally start with that. And then see who's like hardens up a little bit. And then people are like, no, I still want to run. I'm like, okay, you can run. You're fine. (laughs) But generally there are some people who like, they come in and like, Oh, like it's like, if it's like a torrential downpour, like it's coming down, like, no, I'm not going to make you run. Someone's going to slip. Someone's going to break their ankle. Someone's going to like slip and slide into the woods and never be seen again. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, you know, if it's like a little sprinkle, like a little drizzle outside, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to run. It's raining outside. Like, gonna melt like what yeah what are you concerned about and they're like oh well no i'm like was it cold you know it's like 70 degrees so i'm like oh what's the problem and they're like okay i guess i'll run and like you'll get like some people like oh as soon as you walk up (laughs) you walk really like i'm just being soft and like that sounds mean to say but like sometimes it is the case like that you know people just bad weather like just being a little soft uh, you know it's, and, I and, have those moments. I'm, I'm not saying that like, I'm just, just, you know, it's a big, tough guy, like I oh, yeah. run in the rain and whatever it's yeah. like, but, um, like we all have, we all have those moments where you're just like, I'd, I'd really just like to be comfortable over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, well, we can harden up and do something hard and it's fine. yeah. And then people do it and they're like, and it's great. But if some people's like really adamant, like I, I really don't want to run outside while it's wet. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to
0: force that person to run. I'm not that mean. No. No, but I think what you just said is like you really hit the nail on the head is you know, I want to be comfortable. Right? Mm. And like so often like with a 2K row for example, like if impossible to right, be comfortable. if you're doing it right, <laughs> you cannot be comfortable. It's <laughs> the you know, worst thing in the entire world. It's horrible. Right? Seven minute AMRAP of burpees. If you're doing it right, you are not going to be comfortable. And I think if, that's, Yeah. Well, I think that w- with with stuff like that there's no place to hide i mean you could say the same thing about you know uh, a five by five back squat where it's like Mm -hmm. cool we're gonna do nothing but squat for 30 minutes um Mm -hmm. i want you to lift heavy because lifting heavy is the resistance resistance training iteration or the resistance training version of just go faster right Mm -hmm. i don't want you to fail but i want you to work really fucking hard Because that's where the adaptation is, and if it's cardiorespiratory endurance, I want you to go faster. Because that's where the adaptation is, and maybe it's work to rest Mm -hmm. ratio, but all that's dependent upon you going fucking faster or heavier. Like that's that's where the intensity is in those things. Mm -hmm. And when you leave out skill, and you've got low skill movements or monocyclical, monostructural, monocyclical movements, like yeah, go faster. And for the, and that's my favorite thing to say, we've got a, I got a person who, you know, 20.1 or 12.1 is a great example because it's a super simple workout. You said a seven minute clock, you do as many burpees as you can in seven minutes. Well, if a person comes to you and says, I don't like that workout, great follow-up answer is why, right? Probably they're going to say something like it's boring, right? Mm -hmm. At which point my response is, what does a fun workout look like? You know, mm-hmm. and that, and right there, trainers, this is for you right there. If you challenge them on what is a fun workout and then you deliver a boring class, you've just confirmed their fears, you know? Mm-hmm. So like trainers, you got to step up. If it's a seven yep. minute workout and it's nothing but burpees, you better make that shit hilarious. Like you got to have a fun class. Yeah,
1: You, 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 you got to do some, yeah. I mean, that's where the creativity has to come in, right? Cause I mean, seven minutes of burpees. I mean, if we're, if we're being fully mm-hmm. honest here, Right. Seven minutes a burpee. I could, in my living room right now, just start a seven-minute clock, do burpees. In seven yeah. minutes, I'm done. The fuck do I need a class for? What do I need a coach right. for? Right. Because, like, you know, it, while while we're doing burpees, if I'm coaching you on burpees, I'm not watching Sam do burpees and be like, all right, Sam, here's what I want you to do. You're going to place your hands these far apart, and then I want mm-hmm. your fingers to be rotated to this degree, and your elbows should stay tucked in real nice, but we want that external rotation to the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not – a burpee's a burpee. Uh, let's, you know – it's i'm not diving into the minutiae of like movement mechanics on sam's burpee there are some things to be said for like how you could maybe hop your feet up you know to come up out of the burpee better um like there are some slight things with that but for all intents and purposes if the workout of the day is seven minutes of burpees like it's that's where we as the trainers can kind of like stake our claim to being it's where like great trainers separates themselves from good trainers. How fun yeah. can you make that class? Yeah. Because when people pull up their app, they look at sugar water, whatever it is, and they're like seven minutes versus. Like, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just, you know, I'm just yeah. not gonna go that day, you know. What it and and that's where it is. And sometimes the cherry picking can kind of happen. Again, this puts mm-hmm. kind of the onus on some of the trainers. The cherry picking can happen. It's your fault because. York on those days that might not be super sexy on paper those workouts Mm -hmm. that don't look super fun if if my members know that i'm gonna go to run a 5k day and like even though it's doesn't look super sexy on paper i know kevin's gonna make it fun we're gonna do something awesome to warm up we're gonna do like a little core cash out to finish like you know partner whatever we're gonna do something awesome then they're going to show up to that class even if they don't want to do the 5k run because they know the yeah. class as a whole, as an experience is going to be fun. Yeah. If they know that, well, I'm going to hate the 5k run and I'm also going to hate Kevin's warm up because he's kind of a stick in the mud when he's coaching class and yeah. there's going to be no core cash out. We're just going to end class earlier Then, yeah, why would they come? Yeah. You know? And, and yeah. so to be fair, some of that cherry picking, like to put the onus on trainers
0: and coaches, it's your fault. Um, yeah, and, well, and this is a great example of why we see so many programming services now steering away from pure monostructural work like this. And mm-hmm. this is why Strength in a Metcon is super popular, right? We're back to this old discussion. Yeah. You know, let's yep. – seven minutes of burpees is not enough. And so, so let's, let's warm up this, with seven
1: minutes of burpees. Right? Let's warm like, up with it. And then we'll do a five-by-five five back squat and then we'll do Fran
0: Yeah, because that's exactly. more fun. Well, it's and you know again I'll own this f- from a professional standards standpoint mm-hmm. everything that Kevin just described is not easy like it's not easy to first of all look in the mirror uh, at yourself as a professional trainer and be like shit do I know what I'm going to do like am I fun is it, am I am I capable as capable as I think I am of writing an engaging class plan and delivering on that, you know, um, Austin is famous for saying that, you know, it's our job to educate, inspire and entertain. And Mm -hmm. in a class where the only thing is seven minutes of burpees or 5k run or 2k row, like there's no room to hide. And that also means there's no no room for mediocrity. Mm -hmm. and, to your point of distinguishing good trainers from great trainers, lots of people can run that class. Great trainers will have their members telling their friends about that class, mm-hmm. you know? And it, and yep. like, and I, I've been so lucky to experience that kind of thing. And, you know, running can be taught, rowing can be taught, burpees, doesn't have to be super crazy technical, but can be taught. And there mm-hmm. are some people in your affiliate who are ready for crazy high, like practically competition specific pointers for a burpee. Mm-hmm. Some people just need to be appropriately warm before they mm-hmm. give their all for seven minutes. Yeah. You know, that's, and, that's
1: the thing is like, I, I feel like, and again, we're kind of like a little bit off the topic of cherry picking stuff, but like a proper warm up. Yeah. Like my God, like it, you know, if, if, was I, I believe it was Glassman and I could be getting the numbers wrong but like it was like if your workout is 20 minutes mm-hmm. you need like a five minute warm up yeah if if your workout is five minutes you need a 20 minute warm up yeah. and it's like if if you're gonna like drop the hammer pedal mm-hmm. to the floor you know Jesus take the wheel type approach to a workout if you're gonna hit it like that then yeah. uh, Um. You need to be fully greased mm-hmm. before you dive into that, mm-hmm. because there's a whole bunch of like physiological mechanism, mechanisms at play. Mm-hmm. If you don't warm up properly and then go fully bonkers on a workout, that will make that not pleasant. You won't get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your your body will find ways to slow you down if you're not primed for that level of intensity. So. You know, I I get made fun of a good amount of time, and I mean, you know, another shout out to Greg Martino, the old Greg warm up. Um, <laughs> you know, when uh, when I'm I'm giving my uh, my classes, you know, we've turned them kind of like practice rounds. Mm-hmm. They like, say, okay, we've 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 taught the movements, I've given you your efficiency pieces that you need for that day. I'm trying to set you up properly for this. We've we've gotten things like generally warm in terms of like blood's flowing, joints are mm-hmm. moving, like you can get full range of motion, everything. You know any creaks and snap crackle pops are all taken care of it's like now i need to prime you for some intensity
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and so like i have people go through generally like mini rounds and again there's a whole lot of nuances there's different ways you can do it but like for the sake of the argument like some mini rounds of whatever they're going to do yeah take the movements if the workout is like sets of 50 we're going to go through like maybe three rounds of 10. Yeah, easy. And people will sit there and I can also use it for this too, for kind of like, you know, scaling, whatever. Because we have a loaded movement, right? We're Mm -hmm. doing deadlifts and something. And I'm like, all right, guys, we're going to go through three rounds, 10 deadlifts, 10 burpees. I want you guys to hit it hard. Your deadlift should be unbroken. I want you out of breath. I want your heart rate up. We're going to take a nice break. You can go to the bathroom, drink a water, the whole thing before we burn it down. But I need you guys to like basically spike your heart rate, get your system primed and ready for some intensity before we dive in. You're gonna get more out of it. But then also, a little trick for any trainers out there listening, you always get people like, oh, we you know whatever. It's like, well, here's the deal. If you are scared of doing sets of 10 with your deadlift load that you're gonna be doing 50 with later, yeah, it's too heavy for today. Yeah. Like if 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 the warm-up rounds scare you consider knocking it back a little bit, you know, so you can kind of use as a little measuring stick as well for people to make some good life choices during your break afterwards, maybe bring the workout load because you're not going to get any less fit by going lighter and faster. I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah. And, you know, always things to remember lighter and faster wins the day, you know, and really just, you know, seek intensity. Um, yep. Yeah. I think, you yeah, know, we, we drift in and out and it's, it's hard to stay with something just like cherry picking because we understand it. It's not just, first of all, it's not always the athlete's fault. Like mm-hmm. people cherry pick for a reason. Sometimes it has to do with previous injuries. Sometimes it has to do with fear. Sometimes it has to do with the fact that they don't believe a trainer can execute on a class in a fun and engaging way. And like mm-hmm. all of these things can be addressed, you know, and sometimes it's the, my job as the trainer to address them with the athlete and do what you did and help them to understand that there are infinite options to scale something Mm -hmm. like a handstand pushup or a handstand walk. Um, Sometimes it's my job as a trainer to have a discussion with an athlete to help them to understand the value of skill work, the, the, the things that you gain by seeking something like a strict ring muscle up. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Hello cat. Sometimes though, the onus is on me the trainer. I'm the person who needs to take a look in the mirror and say, Jesus, am I actually bringing what I need to, to this party? Like these people are paying hand of God. I think most people don't pay enough at CrossFit affiliates for, okay. uh, They don't pay enough at CrossFit affiliates for the value that they are getting. And if you disagree with me with that, Mm -hmm. I have a great tester question. I'll get to before we, before we end this, but if we are truly delivering value, like it's my job as a trainer to do everything I can to grow in my capability of delivering a good class. Right. And some of that Mm -hmm. might not be like knowledge base. It might be like hard, scary look in the mirror, emotional development stuff. And Mm -hmm. you know, if you, if you're looking for that next level, like, there are people who are capable of providing that. You know, Denise Thomas and the CDP, I can speak from mm-hmm. experience. Working with Denise is not just about teaching, seeing, and correcting. It's you know deep reasoning for why you make decisions you make as a trainer. And mm-hmm.
1: you know,
0: I'll never forget the, the professional coach article. I think it was Joe Mazley, who like the the button yeah. on it was another, I think it was Denise, told Joe your classes aren't fun.
1: Yeah. Like, Like, I mean, like that's a hard
0: pill to swallow.
1: Yeah. Just like, you're just like, Hey, you're like, I I think that the the quote in there was like, you're a great trainer. You're you're no fun. Like your classes aren't fun. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, I mean, Denise. Denise, yeah. But I mean, like I've, I've had the, the genuine pleasure of being humbled Mm. by what many seminar staff trainers, but by Denise, um, (laughs) she was doing a cdp with um christina and yeah. when she had like when christine had first moved to uh the boston area yeah right across boston we're doing the thing and um i had gotten to a point where like i thought i was a really good trainer mm-hmm. and i knew my members so well and had like such relationships with them mm-hmm. that like I didn't, really, like, just to be fully honest, like, didn't have to put in, like, an absurd amount of effort to, like, know that, mm-hmm. you know, you need to fix this and you should use this weight and you're going to do this option over here. Like, it was a little more, like, just robotics, not the word I'm looking for, kind of like autopilot. You're kind of flying right. an
0: autopilot type deal. Well, if we're so, being really honest, complacent is probably the word.
1: Yeah, 100%. Okay. So, yeah, had, like, had gotten complacent with how I was doing things. Denise and Christina observed, mm-hmm. I believe it was two of my classes, one or two mm-hmm. of my classes mm-hmm. for Christina's CDP. And I'm going through and like the, the first class was a shit show and a half because like, I'll put the onus on me, but it's like, yeah. it was just one of those days where if you're a coach, you've had these days where yeah. didn't matter what you said, yeah. nobody in your class is having it. Yeah. They don't want to listen. They don't want to hear you speak. They don't want to do They're like, it was like hurting cats the entire time. Nothing productive got done. I was like, oh my God, God. I'm like, <laughs> I've got I've got D over here watching me trying, mm-hmm. try and wrangle 20 cats. And I'm just, so, but the second class, I felt like, I was like, oh, I thought I did a pretty good job. Yeah. And uh, again, just in in my complacency and in my biased view of myself. And so Janice is like, I have some feedback for you if you want. I'm like, yeah, D, I would always love some feedback. And I thought it would be something you know little like oh you could call some more reps or mm-hmm. you know make sure you're positioning yourself properly to see this like just you know just just, like a little that. tweak here in- <laughs> so a little tweak here and there oh so she sits me down in the office and she was like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's like what what the fuck was that <laughs> what you mean. and she was like she's like that wasn't a good class she was like you you were calling reps and not correcting nearly enough she's like you know you're you're basically just joking around with people she was like that and this was Direct quote from Denise: She was like, "That was some Barry's boot camp bullshit." And if you ever want to be on seminar staff, that's nowhere even close to good enough. Yeah. And she just left it there. And then she was like, "If you have any questions, let me know. Like, love to chat." And then yeah. off she went. And I, I sat there in the office for a solid hour. Yeah. Just like, just like, I just had one of the best in the world mm-hmm. tell me that I was a Barry's boot camp instructor. Uh, at, th- at this point I had my CrossFit level three and was like in the process of like yeah I think I'd like to have a go at seminar staff you know yeah as like it's like I had one of the best CrossFit coaches in the world just called me a Barry's boot camp instructor mm-hmm. and told me that I was nowhere near good enough yeah and I just sat there and I had two options I could either and like I've I've talked about this with Denise since and like it you know mm-hmm. great memory of mine like she you know yeah I guess afterwards, she had talked to Lachlan. And I, was like, <laughs> I think I, I, she was like, "I think I may have laid it on a little bit with Kev. Like, I think I may have gone a little bit too hot, too far, too hard." Yeah. Like I, like he's still in the office. I think he, I think I went too far. Um, but she and I had like a good laugh at it later, and 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 Denise still a, a good friend. Um, but like I had two choices in the moment. I kind of be like ah, fuck her. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Like, these are my members. Like, I know that, you know, can kind of like shut my brain off and, and puff my chest out. And Mm -hmm. she doesn't know what she's talking about and, and just keep on the way I was on. Or I could sit, like, take a real inventory of what I was doing and how I was doing it and try and fix it. And, or secret option three is just quit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, chose option two. Luckily, like we've said, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in a situation where I have Lachlan McGonagall, James Hobart, Spencer Hendel, Austin Macio- Maliolo kind of like at at my disposal at that gym. Yeah. And so I started asking James to observe a lot of my classes and give me some feedback and lock like observe a lot of my classes to try and like mm-hmm. work on that and get better. Um, but it's yeah, it's super easy to. Be complacent in in the way that you're doing things. And I I think one of the reasons for that is because whenever you're coaching class, like you do have a captive audience, anyone that does show up to your class. Yeah. They're going to do the things you're going to, you know, you're going to form good relationships with them because you're spending a good amount of time with them. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, it can kind of lead you to, to have this false sense of like, I'm doing a lot better or I am a lot better than I think I am because yeah. no one, none of your members have the balls to tell you otherwise like you're very rarely are you going to have a member be like sam your classes are shit i don't like them yeah like it, it's not gonna they might talk amongst themselves but like if the 7 a.m class is the time they can come to and i'm always coaching 7 a.m class even if they don't like me they're probably not going to quit their membership just because of that they're just going to come and deal with my classes yeah but because they like seem like they're having fun and we're having a good time in class it makes me like oh I'm this awesome trainer guy. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's,
0: it's tough. That is tough. It's tough. tough. Go ahead. uh, Well, uh, so like, first off, like that's an incredibly, you know, like that's a, that's a very like close to the best thing to share. Right. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, thanks for sharing that. And that's, that's personally something I think more people need to experience. You know, cause they, mm-hmm. and, and I, I think that that's a, a great word to use. I'm going to kill this cat. <laughs> One second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you're trapped in here now with me. Um, <clears throat> I, cl- complacency. That's a great yeah. word to use because I think it. You know, maybe at the heart of, um, at the heart of both the athlete journey and the coach journey might be some iteration of complacency. You know, mm-hmm. on the athlete side, it looks like, um, I get complacent with how hard I'm willing to go in workouts. Mm-hmm. I get complacent with how much I'm willing to work on things. I'm not good at. I get complacent mm-hmm. with chasing the letters RX after my score on the whiteboard, you know, because you get complacent hey. with the weight that you're using. You
1: know, I've, I've gotten strong enough. I can lift this weight in workouts, right. but I need to lift more.
0: Right. You know, right. And, and everybody gets to decide and like, that's it. And I love, I love the the way you described your reactions. Like I can shut down, I can quit or I can evaluate and um, I can, or I can evaluate and kind of see what opportunities there are to grow. That's the same for everybody, right? Like the athlete can choose to shut down, right? I'm, I'm as good as I'm going to get. I don't want to get any better. You know, I'm going to stick right here. They can quit. And sometimes that does happen. They choose and quitting can look like a bunch of different things. It can look like going to a different gym. It can look like stopping. uh, They're going to stop taking classes. And now they're going to do, you know, competitive programming in the corner of the room, which is a whole other topic. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I, with trainers, like I've been there too. And we don't have to, we don't have to go tit for tat on stories, but I, I will say, I'll make this a blanket statement, and this this might be a good place to end for today. Um, though every single time I have grown, it has been because I am experiencing something uh, uncomfortable, right? Like you, mm-hmm. I, I fervently believe that you don't get to grow and become better, stronger, more capable. Insert adjective here without stepping outside of your comfort zone and doing things that you are not good at you know and there's bound to be some kind of um emotional component to that it's hard to look in the mirror and be honest about what you see and you know that's both sides of the whiteboard and so to trainers out there who you know, might have been on the receiving end of a hard piece of feedback at some point, and you chose to write that off or to quit. Um, I'd encourage you to go back and reevaluate. You know, you're you're never going to become a lesser person for eval- doing self evaluation. Cattail um, for the athlete who for the athlete who, for whom things are challenging or they don't like certain things, I would encourage the same thing. Look in the mirror and be honest with yourself about why you don't like those things. You know, Mm -hmm. and of course, as we've said before, you pay to be there. You get to choose, right? Um, But that doesn't mean we aren't shortchanging ourselves in some regards Uh, in terms of personal growth, physical growth, things like that. When we, choose not to do that hard introspection. Um, and, and it, it, you know, from me, that's probably is. That's probably the deepest version of this discussion we could probably get to. Um, yeah. Final thoughts, burning desires, Mr. McCarthy. Um, don't cherry
1: pick. <laughs> don't cherry pick. Yeah. Just, yeah. T-L-D-R, you don't, know, don't just come pick. back to it. Yeah. Just. Don't cherry pick if there's movements you don't like again, you know, barring any sort of injury or something with that. But even, even if you are injured come into the gym, mm-hmm. there's always something we can do to modify something. Elias lot still get a workout in, you know, as long yeah. as it's not like a schedule conflict, like, Hey, I just can't make class. Of course, come into the gym, you know, do the thing. If there's movements you hate, do them more, <laughs> you know, if it's, <laughs> that's that's really just it if, if if there's movements you hate do it more so that you can yeah. learn to even if even if it never becomes your favorite movement it's probably not gonna um, yeah. but you can at least make your peace with them um, and make it so you, you don't hate that movement
0: well, or uh, that movement doesn't control you
1: right so it's and uh just gotta i don't know get comfortable being uncomfortable amen and that, that's what that's what that takes to 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 get better at those things. Like if, if you hate snatching overhead squatting, it's probably because you're not comfortable in that movement. So yeah. you got to get comfortable in that movement. And the only way you can do that is by doing it more by practicing, by, yeah. you know, walking through the flames. So yeah.
0: it does not happen by there's,
1: accident. There's, yep. Nope. There's no way to the other side except through you, you can't go around, can't go up and over under. You have to go through. Yeah. Um, and that's just it. Yeah. yeah. That was good. Good discussion. We touched on a lot of things. On that yeah. Yeah long time something is went, <laughs> went from something as went as from something as simple as just cherry picking workouts to you know
0: touch on all sorts of different aspects of it yeah. but it was
1: good I liked it. I like it
0: yeah well ladies and gentlemen whoever's watching or listening thanks for tuning in uh, we'll be back technically later this week with yep. another episode at some point we'll figure out what the heck we're going to talk about we should we should probably reach out we should it's about time to have another guest maybe um and figure mm, out if there's okay. someone else we can con into coming on. And at some point, we have to schedule another revisit Mr. with Mr. Barber. Um, we do, but we do. We'll we'll figure all that out. We'll let everybody know. Um, Kevin, as always, thank you so much. Always, thank you. Yeah, and uh, everybody else, stay cool. We'll talk to you soon. Chat we'll with you later.